Or am I the only one? All right. And um, I love this, this particular psalm. We're going to be looking at the first seven uh, verses in this psalm. So at least we're not doing a whole chapter tonight. So you can, you can thank me for that. But uh, Psalm chapter 37. I'm going to read it first and then we'll come back. And, and uh, I just got some points. I think um, I have roughly, I think, seven points, 14 pages of notes. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You'd be surprised how many notes I have sometimes, but I, I'll never tell. I'll never tell you because, uh, all right, it says this. Uh, it says, fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. It says, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Everyone say, trust in the Lord. And do good and dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many have heard that verse before? Verse 35, or I'm sorry, verse 5. Let me jump ahead there. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Uh, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And verse 7 says this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So Psalm 37 here is written by none other than, oh good, David, King David. Uh, he wrote a number of the psalm, uh, didn't write them all, but he wrote a number of them. And here he is at the end of his life. He is on the, uh, the, the back end of his life. He's in the back nine of the golf course. He's on hole 15. He's got a few more holes, but he's about to, to finish his, his course here. And um, anybody on the back nine of your life? I turned 40, so I'm in the field house eating a, a, a burger, you know. And that's where I'm at. So I, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. And so, um, but he is, he is at the end of his life and um, he is, uh, he's old. And so it, it's a psalm most likely written to advise his young son Solomon um, who is about to take over as king. And how many know that uh, I'm learning this and my parents were wiser than I ever gave them credit for. Amen. Any of my parents relating to that now in your life? You can look at your parents and go, yeah, they were really smart. I thought I was, but they were really smart. And, um, and so David here, who has experienced some things, we talked about that Sunday, you can learn from others' experience, who experienced some things. He is, he is uh, saying here to Solomon, hey, you know, giving him some advice, some sage wisdom, um, it's in essence, uh, this, this psalm is a wisdom psalm about maintaining patience in a time of trouble. How many of you guys have a short fuse in patience? You put me in traffic, you'll find my short fuse in, in patience. Um, you can ask my wife. I'm in a hurry no matter where I go. No matter even if I'm early, I'm in a hurry. It doesn't matter. Um, that call that I was I lived in California, so we're in a hurry no matter what, because chances are we're going to run into traffic and be late. So we're always in a hurry. So, but this this particular psalm it deals with a couple of things: uh, worry and anxiety. Anybody ever have worry and anxiety? 
All right, this is a good psalm for you. Uh, anyone ever uh, become uh, overcome with worry uh, in your life? Or maybe, it, maybe you, you're walking with the Lord, but you've allowed worry to come in, and it, it has clouded your vision of who God is. I remember when Zaylee, uh when Novak, we, me and Tristan were pregnant. Well, she was pregnant. Uh, I played a small part in that. But uh, when she was pregnant, and uh, I was there at labor, I held her hand. She squeezed my hand really hard. It hurt. Um, and, uh, but when she, was, she found out she was pregnant with, with Novak, um, we told our kids, Zaylee and Wyatt, and I'll never forget Zaylee's. <laughs> we, we even filmed it. It's pretty funny. We had them sitting at the kitchen table, and so, and we said, we got some news to tell you, and our kids were just sitting there. Zaylee was probably, how old was Zaylee? Maybe in kindergarten? Eight? Something, somewhere around there. Okay. Second grade, maybe. Um, but, uh, and she's sitting there, and, and she's like, what? You know, she's got this worried look on her face, and, and then we, we told them we were going to have a, a baby, and, and Wyatt goes, yes! And Zaylee's countenance changed. And she began to cry. And she goes, like, <laughs> and we were like, Zaylee, what's the matter? And she goes, how are we going to take care of another baby? And, you know, and she had all this worry of how it was all going to take place. And she'd been around that too much, I guess, right? And anxiety. And uh, she, had, she was worrying and fretting about something that really, you know, it wasn't her concern. And that's the way we are sometimes as the people of God. We let things cause worry and anxiety in our lives that God never intended for us to be worry uh, to worry about or have anxiety about. So uh, the first point that I want to get get out here is in this first verse is this fret not everyone say fret not fret not um, fret not yourself because of evil evildoers be not envious of, of wrongdoers. So fret here meaning uh, is this is the state of anxiety or Worry. When you're fretting about something, you're probably chewing your nails. You're probably concerned on the outcome. Um, anybody ever, uh, you know, fretted when your boss says, hey, I, I need to have a meeting with you, and you're automatically going, boy, this can't be good. This can't be good. This can't. And you go in there, and you've made this whole thing, and they're like, hey, I want to take you to lunch today. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you've, you know, you've already gnawed all your fingernails down, and uh, anybody know, any, is that just me or is that everyone all right um i find it it's kind of funny because you know my personality if you know me you know sometimes people will say pastor i i'd really like to sit down and talk to you and i automatically go oh no what do they want to talk to me about and i'm thinking it's the worst case scenario you know and so uh even pastors we're not immune to that but uh oftentimes we fret over things that we shouldn't be fretting about one of the one of the uh, verb definitions of the word fret here is this, to gnaw away, like gnaw, G-E-N-N-A-W, gnaw, like that. I guess that's a good Midwest word, go gnaw on this corn cob, right, or whatever the case. Um, and that's what worry does. It's what anxiety does is it gnaws at our peace. It chews at our peace. And God has given us peace, and God has given us a sound mind. But when we allow worry and anxiety to come in, guess what? It gnaws at that. And uh, have you ever, um, has anyone ever, you ever thought about this? I, I do this sometimes. Why the wicked prosper? Why do, why do bad people have all the money? Why do bad people have all the breaks? Why do, like, right? 
You know, why, why, do good, why do good things happen to bad people? Why, why do crooked politicians uh, have, have, every, have 15 houses and here I am trying to just make my house? That's not my case, but I'm just giving you an example. And, and, and we do that or maybe movie stars or sometimes just downright wicked, evil people just living it up. And here I am, Lord, I'm barely scraping by and surviving, right? Anybody ever had that mentality? Um, and David here, this is amazing. David is, he's the king here, but he's advising Solomon uh, here to stop worrying about those things. Don't fret about what's happening there. Don't let that gnaw at you. Don't let that eat you up. Uh, you know, you, that's the old adage go, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere, right? And that's what worry does. Worry and anxiety, it, we're, it, we're, it, it, takes, it takes the place of peace in our minds, and it takes the place of a sound mind. And so, um, and, and so oftentimes we're, we're fretting over things. How many times um, uh, have, have you fretted or let worry or anxiety rule our emotions and situations? We make an emotional decision instead of a logical decision. Anybody ever done that? And you make a knee-jerk reaction. Man, most of the time when you make an emotional decision, it's usually not a great decision, right? You, you come back and you kind of, you, you don't, you, you know, you, you wish you would have done things different. Well, here's what, what he's saying. This is what David's saying to Solomon. Stop worrying about it. Don't, don't let this thing eat at you. Don't, don't worry about what's happening with the wicked. Don't, if they flourish, they flourish. It is okay. Um, he's saying, don't be confused by the success of the wicked because they will have their day. But look at this. Verse 2 says this, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Now, I lived in California for a number of years. And one thing I can tell you about California, this time of year, right, about early March, they have the rainy season. They get about, I don't know, where we lived, probably about two inches of rain. And for approximately seven to ten days, everything turns green, and it's really beautiful for just a smidge of a moment. And then when it stops raining, everything, all those fields that are green turn golden. That's why they call it the golden state. That's why everything is, is, is yellow out there, and, and the grass begins to die. And that's what David's saying here. Don't worry about the wicked because they're like the grass. They may be flourishing right now, but a day is coming, and that time will happen, whether it's in this life or in, in, at judgment time where that, those things are going to wither. They don't matter, and they may have success in this life, but until they, uh, until they know Jesus, uh, you know, he, and I've said this before. I believe I've said this here. Um, the thing about um, when we think about people that don't know Jesus they are the closest to heaven that they'll ever be right here on this earth. If you don't know Jesus, this is the closest that you'll ever be to heaven. And, and here's the thing. As a Christian, here's the flip side of that. As a Christian, I'm the closest to hell that, that I'll ever be because if I die, guess what? I'm going to be in heaven. And, and, and so when you, when you look at that perspective, sometimes our perspective gets skewed. And, and we worry about, well, they're doing good in this life, but in the end, you know, as, as a believer, heaven awaits. Amen? And so David, in a manner of saying is this, keep your perspective on heavenly things and not on earthly things. 
Listen, if I can give you some good advice in a world that's that's crazy and tumultuous and everything's going crazy right now, and I mean, it seems like I, I, I just stopped watching the news. Anybody with me on that? I just stopped watching the news, not because I don't want to know, just because, I, you know, I just want to be happy and love Jesus. That's where I'm at, all right? And, and, I, and so, uh, but, but my eyes are not focused on what's happening in this world, but my eyes are focused on Jesus. And I think it's important as the people of God to put our attention on Jesus. So look at this. David says here, he says, fret not. But if you fast forward to Jesus when he's talking to his disciples in John chapter 14, um, he says something different. David says, fret not. But Jesus says, let not. John chapter 14, it says this. It says, let not your heart be troubled. That's Jesus. David says, fret not. Jesus says, let not um, uh, your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are what? Where's his father's house? Oh, so David's talking about turning your eyes towards heaven. Jesus is talking about turning your eyes towards heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive to myself that where I am, that you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And so, in other words there, he's saying this. That last little line says that uh, where I am, there you may be also. What is that? Heaven. Heaven. That's, that's, that's the gain for the believer. In other words, don't be anxious and don't be worried about things of, of, of this life, but Heaven is your reward. Say, I'm not ready to go to heaven yet. Well, if you're a believer, you got to put your eyes and focus on eternal things. Amen. We are to be in this earth. We are to tarry. We are to do what we we are to raise our families, do the best that we can. But my end goal is not in this world. Paul would say like this, if I had hope in this world only, I'd be a most miserable man. You know where my hope is? Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. So, all right, so look at here. So here's the second, second one is this, trust. Everyone say trust. So the opposite of worry and the opposite of anxiety is trust. Um, uh, it, you know, there was this guy one time, and he was, he was just ate up with worry. He was working a job, struggling, and, and he just worried about everything, and people uh, would come in and they said, man, you, you just look sick with, with worry and anxiety. And he says, yeah, I just I have all these things. They said, you need to do something. You need to get some help. So this man, you know, he went and uh, he came back within a week or so. And that person came back to see him. And they said, man, your, your countenance looks better. What, what did you do? And he said, you know what I did? He said, I was just ate up with worry and consumed with anxiety. And I had all these things. So I thought, well, what can I do? And he said, I, I hired a person, a person to worry for me. And so that's what I do. And so, and so I hired this person, and they, I, they, they do all the worrying for me. And so it's been such a load off of me. And they said, well, how, how do you even do that? Well, how do you even hire someone to do that? And he said, well, he said, you know, I, I just looked it up on, on, on um, in the newspaper, and I just put an ad out, and they answered, and, and he said, well, what does something like that cost? He said, well, it's, it's a million dollars. Uh, I have to pay this person a million dollars a year, and they said, well, how do you pay for that? He said, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. That's their concern. So worry, right? 
verse 3 says this, trust in the Lord and do good. Do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Uh, trust is one of the greatest things that we can give someone. I'll say that again. Trust is one of the greatest things that we can give someone. Um, I'm in the process right now. I'm, I'm going through some premarital counseling. Not me and Tristan. I'm, pre I'm doing some premarital counseling for a couple. And um, one of the things that we, we talked about is, is trusting your spouse. Um, we're commanded to love. The Bible says we're commanded to love. But I can love everybody, but I can tell you this. I don't trust everybody. Anybody with me? All right. I can love everybody, but I don't trust everyone. Uh, you know, I, I could say this. You know, I, I, <laughs> I love Dustin, but I don't trust him to park by my truck. <laughs> I tease him about it all the time. I tease him about it all the time. Uh, so, no, I, I love, but I don't trust everybody. It's, it's easier to love somebody than it is to trust somebody. Because once you lose trust, that's gone. Hard to gain back, hard to gain back. And so um, and when we say this, you know, trust in the Lord and do good, right? Do good. Once you begin to trust in the Lord, once you begin to really believe that God has your back, guess what happens? You start doing good things because you're trusting him. How many say, I love the Lord? How many have, have, have a little bit harder time trusting the Lord? Not as many hands going up, right? Uh, be, be, it, we're human. That, that's our case. God, I don't know how you're going to work this situation out. You say, trust you, Lord, but it could go many different ways, Lord, and you haven't given me the answer. And God's just like, trust me. Just trust me in this situation. It, it's amazing to me. And so uh, but ask yourself this question. This question, I, I think this is a good good thing. I mean, I, I love this because it says trust in the Lord and do good. When people, this is you, answer in your, in your own mind, rhetorical question here. Uh, answer in your own mind. Ask yourself this. What do people think when they see you? It's interesting if you really stop and think about it. Uh, when they see you, do they see Christ? Do they see a successful career? Do they see a hobby? Uh, it's a good question to ask, right? Or do they see somebody that, man, they just trust the Lord no matter what. They just lean on the Lord. And, and Christ commanded us to love, but, uh, uh, but here's the thing. Not only trust, but do good. Do good. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, do good. Say, if you aren't doing good, do better. <laughs> do better, do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. I really like the way that that, that is worded. Um, one of the byproducts of trust is faithfulness. When I trust in the Lord and he comes through and he has come through every time, guess what? My faith grows. And then I can be faithful to him because I know regardless what happens, he has got me. Amen. And so um, 
uh, our friendship, we trust our friends and expect a, a faithful friend, right? And so we should trust in the Lord and, and do good and be faithful, and he in turn will be faithful to you. Amen? Here's the next portion of the scripture. Verse 4 says this, delight. Everyone say delight. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love this verse, but it is oftentimes misquoted by so many people. Um, delight here means to this, and this is the, the key to this verse is that first word, delight. Delight here means to align yourself with the Lord. That means that not only are you trusting the Lord, but you're going to align your will with God's will. Um, and and uh, I believe it's Galatians. It says we walk in the spirit. And when it's talking about walking in the spirit, what that means is I am in formation or I am in step with what God is doing. And that is aligning ourselves. Everyone say delight. All right. Look at your neighbor. Say, uh, line up. Line up. Right. Um, Here's the thing, I, I trust, oh, this is a bold statement, I don't know if I really want to stay, say this, but I trust the United States government, but I don't always align with what they're doing. Some of you are like, I don't trust the government, I don't align with the government, right? But here's the thing, how many times do we trust God, and when it comes to aligning to his way, we, we fail? It's not just one thing just to just trust in the Lord. It's another thing to align yourself with the Lord. Align yourself uh, with the Lord. And, and here's the thing, when you align yourself with the Lord, you get to enjoy his benefits. It, that's, that's the benefit of aligning yourself, man. It's, it's, it's great. Like, he takes care of you. The misnomer of this verse is we... We think we can delight in, in the English text and, and get the desires of our hearts. But the truth is we have to align our hearts and our lives with the will of God. Follow his commandments. Read and know what the Bible says. Amen. Scripture says this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, Jesus would say that. And, and so we, he's the vine, right? I talked about that a few weeks ago at church. He's the vine. We're the branches. And so we have to be grafted in, be in an alignment with what he is doing and not what I want. The way to die spiritually is to misalign yourself from what God wants, the will of God. So when the righteous uh, have desires, okay, hear this out. When the righteous have desires uh, that spring from the Lord, the Lord will surely fulfill his will because their will is aligned with what God is doing. How many want God to answer your prayers? Align yourself with what God's doing. It, I know that seems simple and that seems so so easy to do, but I know you may say, man, that's tough sometimes to trust him and to align my, with what he's doing. But listen, the benefits are worth it. Alignment to the Lord will mean I, I might have to give up my selfish ways. Everyone, you know, poke your wife. Give up your selfish ways. Or, Sorry, I'm, I'm not. Women, you can do the same thing to your husband. Give up your selfish ways. And, and we might have to give up our selfish ways. And he must, he must increase and I must. Mm, that's what that really means. When I align myself, God, I need more of you and less of me. 
God, less of my selfishness and more of you. God, help me to be just like you. And, and, and so align yourself or delight yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. Because you know why? Because your heart's going to be aligned with what he is doing. Amen. Here's, the, here's number four. Commit. Everyone say commit. Uh, commit. Uh, says this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will act. That's a bold statement. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will act. So trust, delight. Or align yourself, and next is commit. And and the word commit here comes from the Hebrew word um, galal, which I'm probably really mispronouncing because it's probably deeper in the throat. It's probably like galal, you know. It's probably like that. Um, but that word galal, it really means this, to roll on. It means to like to roll something on someone. Um, and really when you think about rolling something, say you're carrying a weight. And you roll that weight over onto the Lord. That, what a beautiful picture that is. Here, Lord. I don't want to carry this. Roll your insecurities. Roll your issues. Roll your questions, your concerns, and your frustrations. Or whatever it is to him daily. How many would say, hey, in the morning I need to get up. And if I have any, anything that's weighing on me. I need to learn to commit. I need to learn to just roll that on the Lord and let him carry that. Uh, to commit, you have to learn to do this. Uh, com communicate. Everyone say communicate. Uh, commitment takes two, uh, right? It's pretty hard to have a, ma a marriage where one person's committed and one person is not. It's impossible. It's impossible. So commitment takes two. The Lord's committed to you and you're committed to to, to him. And so one to address the issue, uh, one addresses in a communication in commitment is one addresses the issue and one has to listen, right? Takes, takes two. I want to say this, communicate with the Lord. You have a valuable weapon at your disposal every day and it's praying. And what I've learned about praying is it's not always me talking. Sometimes I talk, he listens. Sometimes I listen, and he begins to talk. Sometimes I'm too busy talking that he's trying to get a, a word in, and I'm not allowing him. I give him all my big list of things that I want him to do, and he, he's like, yeah, but, and then I walk away. And, but communicate, communicate to the Lord. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your anxieties, rolling all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He loves you enough to say, oh, man, is that burden heavy? Roll that thing on over here, right? It kind of reminds me of that commercial of the, uh, the pork and beans. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Bushes and baked beans or whatever it is. I don't know why I thought of that. But um, I haven't ate dinner. <sighs> no. Uh, uh, <laughs> Come together with God, uh, communicate, pray, uh, pray about the issue. Trust God. To trust God means that I'm not going to allow anxiety or worry dictate to me what's going to happen. I'm just going to trust him, and guess what? He will act. I love that. I roll my issues to the Lord. Um, 
David is, is, is uh, really, I love this analogy because David is hitting a home run here as far as wisdom to a young, young Solomon who's about to be king. He's giving him some real gems here, and he's giving us some real gems for us today in our spiritual walk. Um, to unite or align with God, roll our issues on him, trust him, and he will act. Sounds, sounds like a good recipe, right? Sounds like a good equation. Hey, Lord, you do the heavy lifting. I'll commit to you. Lord, I'll trust you. You take this, and I'll walk around, and you'll be the one to worry about it, and I'll just be carefree. Amen. Verse 6 says this. He will bring forth your righteousness uh, as the light and your justice as the noonday. I love that. Verse. Uh, the next point is this, 5. Uh, your fifth point is this. Rest. Everyone say Rest. So the translation that I have, I believe, is the ESV, and it says, be still. Um, can you go to that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So um, the King James Version actually says, rest instead of be still. And I don't know about you. I'm not good at, at, at resting and, and sitting still. Anybody have that problem? I'm just not good at it. You know, when I should, like, be going to sleep, sometimes I, I, I lay down and, and then my mind's like, oh, let's get to work right now, right? you know. And, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking and my mind's going 100 miles an hour and this and, you know, and, and you know, thinking about this with the church or whatever the case. And, and I've got 100 things going on in my mind. And, and God has not called us to have to wrestle with that. Um, I think even as a, as a pastor, sometimes I've got to stop and go, hey, I've got to rest. It's important. It's important to you and it's important to me. Um, and and uh, be still, or another, the, the King James Version says rest. Um, what, what can I do while I'm waiting on the Lord? Rest. Oh, man, that takes a lot of pressure off. Uh, I don't know about you. What can I do when my wife's cleaning the house? Rest. That's not good marriage advice. <laughs> it's not good marriage advice. Get up and help her, and then we both can rest, right? Uh, she's saying amen back there. Um, what can I do when I take my kids to the dentist and I'm waiting there for 45 minutes for them to get me in there and everyone's just sitting there on their phones? Because that's what we do now, right? We don't even know that we're all in the same waiting room where they're all sitting there. Oh, what's going on today, right? Kind of thing. And uh, But those are moments that we can be still and rest. Because God can speak to you in any moment whether that be at the dentist office, wherever you're at. And, and, and I love that. I, I love that God can do that. The words be still or rest emphasizes the main point of the psalm, which is this, fret not. That's it. When you're at rest, you're not worried about fretting. When you're at rest in the Lord, you're not worried about situations. Um, you know, uh, you know what, what you're not doing when you when you when you're not fretting when you're resting in the lord you know what you're not doing and what i'm trying to say i'll get it out in a minute you know what you're not doing when you're resting not fretting thank you man that was so hard to say jiminy christmas 
<laughs> no. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, don't fret about it. Mm. It's, uh, and here's the thing. When, I, when the Bible says rest, or when the Bible says be still, here, here's the misnomer. It does not mean to be inactive. Um, that's, that's not what it means. Um, but it means this. And I love this. It's not a call to be inactive, but to be dependently active on the Lord. I'm dependently, uh, I'm dependent actively uh, on the Lord. I'm waiting on you. So it's not a call to be inactive, but to be dependent actively on the Lord. This psalm simply says this. Don't worry about it. Rest in Jesus. Literally, that's that rest in the Lord. That's what it's saying. So when I'm resting or when I'm napping or when I'm sleeping, you know what happens when I'm sleeping and taking a nap on Sunday morning? I'm not worried about anything because I'm asleep, right? I, I'm not concerned about anything. When, when you are at rest, you're at peace unless you're having a nightmare, which, you know, we just pray that those nightmares go away, right? And, and when was the last time in a chaotic situation, instead of being part of the chaos, you just sat there and were still? Right? I find myself learning that as I'm getting older. My, my, my teens, sometimes they show great affection and love for each other by, by yelling at each other. And instead of maybe just sitting there in peace in the chaos... I have to interject a little dad wisdom right in there, which is not always beneficial, right? Then they both turn on me after they're fighting with you. Parents know what I'm talking about, right? They gang up on you, and 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 here's the thing. I, I just want to say this: when when chaos is happening in your life, step back and just say, "Here you go, Lord. I'll roll this over on you. It's going to be still, and I'm going to rest." In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it's it and, and through 30, it says this. Come to me, ah, Jesus' words, come to me, all who labor are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many can say, hey, I need a rest for my souls, for my soul? <laughs> for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now, Jesus is saying a whole lot more there when he's saying the, the yoke because there's this thing called the Shema, which is the Jewish rabbis would, would keep up here. And it's, it's things that they would, would quote and, and talking about the law. But Jesus, there's, there's, there's dual meanings here. But here's the thing. The Lord, when you, when you hook up, when you yoke with the Lord, he'll do the heavy lifting for you. Amen. And I've discovered when I'm tired and when I'm heavy or when I'm frustrated spiritually, that somewhere along the way, I've been going along, and I picked up something that I was not intended to carry. Now, that's just that's just me, and and, and so and because when I'm when I'm hurting or when I'm struggling, that means that I'm carrying this weight, and God didn't intend for me to carry that. He's saying, "Hey, roll that thing. Commit to me. Roll that thing over on me. Rest and wait patiently on Him." I like this psalm because. Uh, if you look at this, can you put up the King James Version here? And I'm, I'm almost done here. Um, the first part of, of this, of this um, psalm, this one says, do not. Um, it says, do not. So everyone say, do not fret. 
I want you to look at the first word of verse 2. It says, what? For. Everyone say, do not fret. For. Verse 3 says this. Trust. So do not fret. For. Trust. Look at the beginning of verse 4. Delight. Amen. Verse 5 says, commit. And then uh, the beginning of verse 6 actually says, and he, in the King James Version, I think, that, uh, in the actual King James Version. And then the last part is rest. So if you were to read that, it says it, says it kind of like this. Fret not for trust, delight, commit, and rest. Amen? Amen. Now, why don't you bow your heads with me. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, this is... Such a profound word, Lord, even in, in my, my own life right now, God, what seems, can seem like a, a, a crazy time, Lord, or a busy season. God, I know in the middle of that season, Lord, that you have asked me, Lord, to trust in you, to commit to you, Lord, to roll my burden over on you, Lord, and forgive me, Lord, for carrying things that you didn't design me to carry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for putting my own uh, trust in my own self, in my own ways, rather than trusting in you. And, Lord, forgive me for not resting when I needed to rest. God, I ask, Lord, tonight, Lord, that if anyone's struggling with fear and anxiety, Lord, that they, that they would fret not. Lord, that they would fret not, Lord, in this, in this moment, Lord, but they would put their trust in you. Uh, this is what.